All right, guys, cool. So um, welcome to episode three of uh, this podcast. Um, today's a little bit different. So in the past, I've kind of been with, like, talking to footballers about kind of their careers, but um, I wanted to do something a little bit different this week and um, yeah, a little bit of a special one, to be honest. Um, so with me today, I've got Scott. Um, so I know Scott pretty well kind of over the last year. Uh, Scott's a registered nutritionist, um, currently undergoing a PhD research in the role of CBD supplementation in athletes. That's right, Scott, isn't it? Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so today, basically, all we're going to do is kind of um, over the last couple of years, especially I'll see it a lot now on kind of social media or kind of the, I don't know, so many people using like CBD, different companies, things like that. So basically, I want to get Scott on here to talk about kind of the myths what is actually out there, what people should be looking out for, maybe if you're an athlete, what potentially should you be careful of taking CBD and things like that are just basically all things CBD. So um, is that all, all right with you, mate? All good? Yeah, that's cool, mate. Yeah, yeah, cool. Take your brain for the next kind of 50 minutes. Um, all right, pal. So um, we'll get started, all right? Um, so kind of, may as well, um, what is CBD? So kind of for people that don't know, um, obviously uh, your knowledge will kind of be a lot more online, but kind of for those that don't know, see a little bit on social media or in the, in the news these days. Uh, what is CBD? A little bit of a background about it. Yeah, so so CBD is essentially a, a chemical compound which is found within a plant. Um, most people are probably aware that that plant is the cannabis plant, um, which is probably one of the reasons why it has become so popular um, in both the general population and athletes over the last few years. Um, it's important to remember that there's not just one chemical in the cannabis plant. There's, there's over 140 of what we call cannabinoids and CBD is one of those 140 cannabinoids. The other cannabinoid that most of the, the listeners have probably heard of is THC. And that is the, the constituent of the cannabis plant, which gives you the, the high or gets you high, for example. Um, some people like to suggest that CBD is non-psychoactive whereas THC is psychoactive. Um, I'm not sure it's quite that clear, um, but we'll, we'll probably dig into that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, the basic overview of it, is that it's a chemical compound found within the cannabis plant. Yeah, so if we look back at the background, obviously you talked, kind of touched on it there, didn't you, about kind of like marijuana, that's probably kind of increased the popularity of kind of, or the intrigue, isn't it, of kind of CBD. Um, Where does it kind of come from? Is that kind of, We'll get into kind of uh, the benefits of it later on, but kind of what's the background of CBD and kind of where it all started, like the research in that? Yeah, so so CBD, or let let let's talk about the cannabis plant holistically yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to begin with, and then we'll we'll probably narrow it down a little bit more later on. So the cannabis plant has been used for centuries. It's been used in ancient China, India, and and pretty much all over the globe, really, for different purposes. Um. You may have heard of the hemp plant, okay? And what that is basically what, what CBD com comes from is the hemp plant. And there are, there are two sort of main um, plants of the cannabis plant. So you've got cannabis sativa and cannabis indica. Cannabis sativa plant is, is more often where CBD comes from um, because it's got a higher concentration of CBD than it does THC. That's, that's very, very basic, okay? 
Um, and then the, the other plant, the indica plant, that has more THC than CBD. So you can hopefully sort of see where I'm going here in that the reason that the indica plant is grown is probably not to grow CBD or to, to make CBD. Yeah. Um, it's more common in, in use for um, recreational purposes, let's say. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're the, the main two plants. Um, research into the but CBD and THC really has only been more common in the literature since like the, the early to mid 1900s. So okay. 1930s, 1940s, that was when the research into both of the compounds became a little bit more common. That being said, um, it went a little bit quiet, obviously because of the legislative nature of both of the compounds. Um, in that marijuana has been illegal for pretty much most of our lives up until the last few years, really different states in America have started legalizing cannabis as well as countries across Europe. Um, but importantly, from an athletic perspective, which is what we're talking about here really, is that all of the constituent cannabinoids of the cannabis plant, so all of the chemicals in the cannabis plant, were prohibited by WADA, who are the, the World Anti-Doping Agency. And for any, anyone listening to this, basically they're the guys that come into clubs, into gyms, whatever, and they, they do drug testing on people. Yeah. Um, they're the guys that, that found out about Lance Armstrong. Okay. Um, and it was banned. All, all constituents of the cannabis plant was banned until 2018. So research from a, a sporting perspective is considerably lacking. However, in 2018, CBD was removed from the prohibit list. So mm -hmm. CBD was then made legal for consumption in athletes. Uh, and since that point, we've seen the rise in CBD in, in athletic performance, like you alluded to earlier on. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything is getting hammered with CBD, yeah. specifically athletes, athletes putting their name to CBD. Yeah. And saying, I'm taking CBD, I'm feeling amazing, I'm feeling great, et cetera, et cetera. Again, a probably a little bit more to, to discuss on that point as we, as we dig a little bit deeper. Um, but the first important point that I'd like to sort of address here is that it's very, very, very difficult to isolate these chemicals within the plant. So of these 140 chemical um, cannabinoids within the cannabis plant, it's incredibly difficult to isolate them. Um, and as I alluded to before, THC is the other most well-known cannabinoid as well as CBD. People know that is illegal. And when I've spoken to, I've spoken to a few professional clubs, um, their performance teams, they're only concerned about THC. Has it got THC in it? Okay. And while that is important, it's also important to remember the other 138. Okay. So from a wider testing perspective, THC is, is something that they, they refer to as a threshold substance. So WADA routinely will, will take urine samples from people. And if, 150 nanograms per milliliter of urine THC is found, then you're going to get banned. 
okay, which is bad enough. But what makes it even worse is that any other cannabinoid, so any other 138 cannabinoids, if they are present in your urine in any concentration, then you will get banned. So obviously taking from there, I think you've just said, so CBDs, kind of the legal one from 2018, mm-hmm. but it's not to say impossible, but very difficult to find a pure, just CBD element in terms of like supplementation. So there's a good chance that we'll talk about more like contamination later on, but like there's a good chance if you're having CBD, there's going to be other elements of them, 140. Yes. Is that kind of like the main kind of, yeah, that's the, the, the main take-home. But again, a caveat to this conversation. <laughs> there are lots and lots of caveats in, in this subject area. The yeah. caveat to it is that there is some research to suggest that CBD will only work if there are elements of the other cannabinoids in there too, which is okay. something called an entourage effect. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, so it's almost like... It's legal on its own, but does it work on its own? <laughs> Almost like that element. Why, why was CBD the one that kind of got, was legalized in 2018? And why, why specifically that one? Um, I think the, the main reason oh. is because of its non-intoxicating effects. Okay, so, so it doesn't give you that high, basically. Yeah, it doesn't give you the high. And, and one of the main things that um, WADA are keen on in terms of banning substances is that they don't want to take away from the spirit of the games or the sports yeah. that, that are under the jurisdiction of WADA. And, and I think that's probably one of the main reasons, really. Oh, okay, cool. So, so in terms of like, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you see it all the time, like gums, things like that, or like just general stuff I could buy off Amazon or I've never even brought any, but I could buy from a shop on Instagram or whatever there's a high chance that there's going to be cross-contamination in terms of like all these kind of... Um... Yes. So an important point to, to bring up here is that... Yeah. And it's something that I bring up with, with any athlete that I ever work with, any team that I ever work with. If you're consuming a supplement, it must have Informed Sport logo on it. It must yeah, have yeah, that yeah. little yellow and black logo on it. If it doesn't have that on it, do not take it. it it's it's that simple i mean there are other laboratories that do analysis and they say that they are providing certificates of authenticity and, and stuff of the like but from my point of view it's just not worth the risk and a kind of worms aren't you yeah yeah and with cbd there's there's no company that are currently working with informed sport oh really anywhere no so that would be my main sort of thing for, for anyone that's likely to get tested it's not worth the risk at the moment yeah, i kind of like sums up the old podcast now we'll, we'll call it there then <laughs> yeah yeah that's, yeah but like an important point again is that while you might be able to say okay this has got zero percent thc in it there yeah. is evidence to suggest that a lot of products on the market both in the US and the UK are being released when they have heavy metal content in them. So things yeah. just leads, which are obviously poisonous. Yeah. Um, so again, I, th- I think that the risk to reward ratio isn't quite there just yet, but as we'll probably, we'll get into soon, there is yeah. some promise. There is yeah. some promise shown. 
Well, we'll talk more about kind of the benefits and probably the actual application of it later, I suppose, for like gen pop and like athletes and um, so people can actually take some stuff away from this. But for those that are interested, how does it actually work then, like the mechanism behind it? Like there's so many kind of potential benefits in there, like stress, anxiety, pain relief, sleep, things like this. I imagine they might have all have, or, or have their own like mechanisms. You don't have to go into all the detail, but kind of what's the, like kind of the general yeah, mechanism so- behind it? So within humans, um, we're, we're probably all aware of like from even from GCSE biology, A level biology, whatever, that we, we've got several endogenous bodily systems um, within us. So the skeletal system, the system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We also have a system which we refer to as the endocannabinoid system. And this system has two major um, receptor points. So CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. Um, and again, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really conscious, I don't want to bore your audience too much with in-depth physiology, but essentially um, CBD and THC can act upon these receptors at different points within the body to have different effects, all be that on sleep, pain, etc., etc. The the several um, avenues that you mentioned before. So that, that's how it, it works per se. Okay, so we, we won't dig any deeper because I think you know, people's heads will just kind of fall off after that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll get into kind of like the actual fun stuff now. Um, it'd be nice to kind of maybe go through some like the myths and the benefits and kind of how that might work. So um, I, I reeled a few off in there in terms of like potential benefits. Um, so you hear a lot of people being like, I had or whatever like balms or oils and things like this and like my moods change my sleep's improved and it's like they've had some like it's like they've had some massive highs isn't it and they're like they're a new person so talk to me about kind of those potential benefits like yeah are they, so, back, are they backed up or is it just kind of placebo or you know things like this yeah so for anyone that, that isn't aware of what a, what a placebo effect is a placebo effect is when we believe we are getting the benefits to something because we're taking something. Yeah. So the, there are numerous studies completed, and to be fair, most strong, rigorous scientific experiments, including a, a supplement or an ingestion of a product, will have a placebo in there. And basically that is confirming that it isn't your mind playing tricks on you, basically. It is actually the supplement or the thing that I am giving you that is having this effect. Um, and like I, like I said before, a lot of the research is in more clinical stuff or even preclinical studies. And what a preclinical study is, is it's either completed on animal models, so rats, or like I'm doing at the moment in my lab, um, on cells. Okay, so you're growing some cells and you, you put a, a treatment on them and the effect of that, okay? Um, and I'll, I'll try and... Uh, talk about more of the human studies even though they're clinical so yeah one of the the most common uses of cbd or common um commonly investigated subject areas is epilepsy um so there is evidence to suggest that cbd may help with the, the spasticity associ- associated with epileptic conditions um and to date there are, there is only i I think off the top of my head, I'm sure there's only one drug which has been 
permitted by the FDA, so the, the Federal Drug, Drugs Authorization in America, um, and that's called Epidilex. And what this Epidilex is, it's concentrated cannabidiol, or CBD, which has been used a lot in, in children who, who suffer with um, epilepsy and, and conditions associated with epilepsy. Um, and what the evidence is showing us in this area is, is promise. Um, it's showing us that there may be some effect of CBD in treating some of the symptoms associated with epilepsy. Also, in, in symptom in people who are suffering with post-traumatic stress disorders, there is some very loose evidence to suggest that CBD can help with sleep and it can also help with depression, anxiety and, and increasing mood. So there, is, there are these studies, but the, again, the, the first caveat to, to bring up here is that the doses that, that people are receiving in these studies are very, very high. So they're dosing relative to body weight. So that a lot of these studies are dosing up to 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So essentially for, for the listeners, what that means is for every kilogram you weigh, you take 20 milligrams of Epidiolex or, or CBD. Um, so for the, for the bigger guys out there, it's going to be a hell of a lot. What they are seeing, however, at these higher doses, they are seeing some beneficial effects, but they're also seeing side effects as well. So the side effects most commonly include gastrointestinal issues. So things such as stomach bloating, diarrhea, those sorts of issues. Yeah. Um, any large adverse side effects are quite rare, but they can happen. And the, the point to remember here is that when people are purchasing CBD products from, I don't know, um, from a high street store, let's just say, um, on that bottle, there will be a, a concentration or a dose. Um, and it's important to remember that different companies label their products differently. Mm -hmm. So some companies will label their products as containing 2000 milligrams of CBD. So what a lot of people will think is they're getting 2,000 milligrams per, you know, the, the little pipette droppers. Yeah, per like drop, eye droplet or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. yeah pe people will think that per one of them, they're getting 2,000 milligrams. They're not. There's 2,000 milligrams in the whole bottle. Okay. So somebody that weighs 100 kilos, they're going to need to take the whole bottle to have any effect. Every time, basically. Yeah, so you can see that's going to be very, very expensive. Yeah. But again, another point to consider is that uh, a recent study that was that was brought out at the back end of 2020 actually took, I think it was 25 of the, the best selling CBD products in the UK and they actually investigated them for, for actual content. And it was found that a large proportion of these products had other cannabinoids in and importantly, had elements of THC in. Okay. Also, they found that even if a, a bottle said, let's say it was 4% CBD, it was only 3%. So you're not even getting the amount of CBD that, you, that they say you're getting. So how can you trust a company when they're not even giving you the product that it says on the tin? 
Um, so that's a major, major concern for me at the moment. Yeah, I can. You see so much of it, don't you? And this is kind of why I reached out to you, I suppose, like to ask you. We were talking about it anyway, weren't we? But I was just like, you see it so much, and I, I've been seeing it a lot recently, especially over the last couple of years. And it's just like you hear all these people saying they're having effects, and to be fair, I mean, they might be that, or it might be slightly placebo as well. But it's like I don't know. You just you just think like, is what are these companies? You know, like what's going on here? Like it just. Again, to not not to bore your listeners too much, but in this this endocannabinoid system within us, yeah. there, there is some very loose evidence to suggest that different people will only need different doses of CBD for it to have any effect, and yeah. that's not based on their metabolism. That's based upon their actual endocannabinoid system. So. Yeah. If your endocannabinoid cannabinoid system is more functional than mine, you're not going to need as much CBD as me. To get to get an effect, basically. Yeah, so it's very, very individual. You, I take it you can't measure that in terms of someone's system. <laughs> not that I'm aware. But basically what you're saying is that like, it's like a can of worms, isn't it? Like, there's so many variables. To take the words out of my supervisor's mouth, it's like the Wild West at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the CBD. It's a, it's a very murky area. Everyone's trying to cash in, basically. That yeah. looks there. Um, yeah. All right, mate. So, so in terms of like potential benefits, like the main take home is just have one in terms of the dosage. Just be careful of like what's on the bottles. Obviously, I don't think in general there's not enough products backed anyway. Supported is there fully? Um, and in terms of like if you are going to get an effect. Kind of the actual dosage to get an effect is almost ridiculous. It's almost like a full bottle. Is that kind of like? Yeah. So again, it's I, I don't want to sort of yeah, a, yeah. a blanket. Um, it all depends. I know, it's, it's very individual. Yeah. And what I would say is when you are purchasing a product, make sure you're doing so from a reputable brand or company. Yeah. Um, there are some good companies out there yeah um there are some companies who do all they can to make sure the products being released are as accurate as they say they are yeah but there are also some cowboys out there too yeah always is isn't there so are you able to say that what companies are decent so if, like if people are actually interested like what companies you recommend or is it still a bit like that at the moment um specifically i i wouldn't yeah. like to really to name other brands but what i would say is that the funders, yeah, yeah. the funders for my PhD, um, Nature Can, do some very good stuff um, yeah, yeah. in terms of researching what is going on. It's it's the main reason that they've they wanted to fund my PhD is to yeah to look into the evidence and and, and how CBD can work. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I I wouldn't really advise any athlete taking it at the moment if they're going to yeah. get tested, but. What I would say is, if you are desperate to take CBD, then do so from a reputable company. Yeah, make sure it's backed as much as possible. And I suppose the company is funding your re research. At least that's kind of, they have good intentions, don't they? I suppose to well, absolutely yeah. find the evidence and then what create a product based off that. I suppose which is the right way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, mate. It sounds so. In terms of kind of potential problems with CBD, I know you talked about kind of if you take large doses, um, 
potential like gastro uh, or intestinal problems and things like that. What could potentially be the problem in terms of, we talk about cross-contamination, is there ma there's massive things in that, isn't there, in terms of like athletes at the moment? So if I work with like a footballer, um, they're getting tested, aren't they? So again, would, is that kind of the main problem, is it, at the moment in terms of like cross-contamination? Yeah, so the, the main concern for, for me and for other people that are working in, in sport is that we want to keep our athletes on the field. Yeah. And if, let's say I'm working for a, a club in the Premier League and we've got an athlete who decides that they want to take CBD, yeah. take CBD, they get drug tested and they provide a sample which has an adverse analytical finding in there, they're going to get banned. Yeah. Okay, so... The, the key thing here for me would be would be communication and education, um, which is why I'm quite keen to do things like this, to, to actually inform athletes that I'd be very, very cautious. Because again, what we know from, from research um, with some colleagues that I work with here at Liverpool, John Moores, is that 26% of elite rugby union and league players are currently or have previously supplemented with CBD. Um, and I can't think of the exact figure off the top of my head now, but there was a, a fairly large number of those athletes taking CBD without consulting their sports nutritionist or their performance nutritionist. So they were doing it behind the club's back, which is a massive concern for me. Um, if, I, if, I were, if I were working in an elite club, I'd, I'd feel as though I want my, my players to trust me and yeah. and have that sort of open door policy to say, listen, Scott, I'm thinking about taking this. What do you think? And for for me, like that, that's absolutely integral, because what what that research also found was that a lot of the players were were getting their um, their research on CBD just off the internet, and we we all know how how bad the internet can be, like. <laughs> anyone can say anything's good on the internet without any sort of anything to back them up or any consequences if what they have said is incorrect. So my, my, my take home would be, yeah, that, that both cross-contamination of, of products that are prohibited by WADA, but also the heavy metal content in, in products as well, which can have detrimental effects on, on athletes health, not just performance. Cause I think it's very, very easy for us to sit here and talk about, performance 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 but what a lot of people forget especially at the elite end is that these these players are, are people too they're just they're just people like me and you but they they tend to be good at a sport so we need to consider them as people and not just as machines yeah i think with that there is it's, it's not maybe not just even cbd isn't it the amount of maybe professional athletes or lower down the ranks like semi-pro and your amateur i suppose in, in terms of that health risk but they'll just, they'll, there's never any research or say if they do have access to a sports nutritionist or a strength conditioning coach or sports science department. Yeah, it, it, I think it's very common, like where people will go to their mates, for example, for advice. And it still happens, doesn't it? It's crazy when even. Yeah, get, like like I say, like I think we need to remember that they're, they're just, for yeah. the most part, they're, they're either they're young lads or they're young girls who are in and around their mates a lot of the time and they're going to be in influenced by that they're also yeah. going to be influenced by instagram and twitter and and what have you so 
there's no surprise really that they're getting their information from places that they probably shouldn't be. Um, yeah. But, but it is good to see that I'm I'm getting a a fair amount of interest from from various clubs and and outfits now that that want either myself or my my colleagues here at John Moores to go and have a chat with their players or their athletes to discuss CBD, which is yeah. which is good to see. Yeah, and that's partly to be honest why I wanted to do this with you because I was like. As I said to you, like when we're talking, it's so it's it's just like going up and up and up, isn't it? In terms of like the scale of people using it, and you'll see like footballers and all sorts putting their names to stuff about. And do you do you think that it's almost like waiting to blow in terms of like something to come down on athletes or not? You know what I mean? Like all it takes is a big drugs test, doesn't it? And then you talk about those numbers in terms of how you're using yeah, it. What, what I would say again, though, in it's. It's it's a it's a very murky area because there are some sports that are actually sponsored by CBD companies. Yeah. It, it was a US sporting body um, whereby an athlete was found um, found to be have having concentrations in their urine higher than what they should have, um, and they were banned. I think it was two weeks later that same organisation signed a deal. With a CBD company, yeah. So the information out there is obviously not clear to somebody. Somebody doesn't know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and again, like and I know this is mainly for for footballers, this podcast, but a lot of a lot of people are also interested in boxing, MMA, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. It is very very popular in sports like that, and it's very uncommon now to watch an MMA fight or a boxing match whereby an athlete on the card at some point isn't sponsored by a CBD company or isn't taking a CBD product. Which is so crazy, again, really. Which is crazy, really, when they're under like a governing body, for example, in boxing, mm-hmm. and then WADA, the company that tests them, <laughs> says, "See what I mean?" It's, yes. it's, it's murky, wait, isn't it? If you're, if you're an athlete and you're taking CBD. I'm not saying you're definitely going to test positive, and I'm not saying that all products on the market are contaminated. But what yeah, I am well, saying is that at the moment, it is a risk. Yeah, I suppose that's up to the user, isn't it? Kind of what? So, so obviously, we talk about risk and reward. The risk is the cross contamination difference. It's not just CBD, but basically being in the product. So, what's the potential kind of benefit to say? Obviously, I know I talk about footballers on here, but boxers or any kind of sports person, um, or even just general pop, what kind of like, what is the risk and reward? If that makes sense. Like, what what's the reward for them to take it? Potential rewards. Yeah, do you mean like so that the potential? Yeah, reasons yeah. So you might take it. So, like I alluded to before, that the the, um, the effects on anxiety and depression. There are some data to back that yeah. up. Also, in terms of inflammation, um, mm-hmm. so we, we all know inflammation is, is quite common in people. We also know that inflammation is particularly pertinent following exercise. So that response that you get following, I don't know, following a, a heavy resistance training program or a heavy resistance exercise session or a football match, a football match particularly you'll feel what we call doms so that's delayed onset muscle soreness and what that is a sign of is 
exercise-induced muscle damage, or EM, EIMD. Okay, and again, I don't want to bore people too much, but the, the EIMD process is a cycle, and one of the, the important aspects of that EIMD is inflammation. So it's important that your muscle cells become inflamed to then repair and regenerate appropriately. That's all the science I'm going to give on that because I could probably sit here for three hours and talk about that itself. Um, but yeah, there is, there is some loose evidence to suggest that CBD may help with inflammation. Again, it's the research that has been completed isn't in sport yet. What it is in is um, people with diseases of the bowels, diseases in the, the gastrointestinal tract, whereby some studies are finding that it can reduce inflammation some studies aren't so the data is is equivocal on that at the moment so there is much to be done in that area on pain and inflammation which is one of the the main sort of goals of my phd really is to investigate that in in athletic populations and following athletic events mm -hmm. um sleep is another one yeah. which you could probably link to the um the one of one of the the earlier papers that I alluded to, whereby people suffering with um, depression, Parkinson's, have found that markers of sleep quality and time to fall asleep are increased a little bit. But again, those small increases are following considerable doses. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're, they're the main ones for me, really, um, that have shown promise. But again, I, like the, the product is so vast and the potential benefits, there's new ones coming up all the time because the, the research area is, is in its youth, really. Like I said before, even the, the early studies, the 1930s, 1940s, in, in terms of scientific research, that's not long, that's not long ago at all. We, yeah. we know an awful lot about, and, I, and I'll talk from a nutritional perspective, we know an awful lot about protein intake, carbohydrate intake, because there's lots of research that has been done. Yeah. Whereas with CBD, it's a little bit less. Yeah. It's, it almost sounds like, obviously, a bit going around the hours, isn't it, in a way, because it's like potential benefits, but potential, but it is just, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, it's, it's just kind of where we're at. But yeah. that's kind of why I want to do this, because you'll have people take it, but then, and might feel some benefits but then it's that but isn't it all risk reward i suppose and everyone's different and there's so many variables to it there's not kind of a you might have a friend that maybe had a particular benefit but you don't know that's directly linked to what they were taking it's yeah so uh like a worked example of this like yeah let's say i'm working with an athlete now and they present to me saying scott I, i'm really struggling with my sleep mm -hmm what can I do in the back of my mind? I'll know that, Oh, there's, there is, there is some evidence that CBD might help, but before I go anywhere near that, I, I'll want to check that all of those other markers are, are there. So are you going to bed at a decent time? Is your sleeping environment good? Is your nutrition good? Is your hydration good? All of those things need to be in check before you take any supplement. It doesn't matter if it's CBD or creatine. Yeah. 
if all of the other markers aren't in place and there's no point supplementing because a supplement does exactly that it supplements yeah that, that is what i was going to touch on as well kind of a little bit later on but i'm glad you said it because it is it is almost like the cherry on top of the cake isn't it without saying like like my mum here um it's it's basically like if you haven't got anything else in order like you're not sleeping well you're not training right training loads or nutrition in terms of recoveries and things like this if that's all shit and you're having these little droplets it's like i don't know it's like trying to put a put a plaster over a pit like a crap aren't you basically the the thing is like recovery uh recovery following exercise like i said before there is lots and lots of evidence to say that if you're taking in the right amount of carbohydrates and right amount of proteins then you're onto a winner if you're not taking the right amount of carbohydrates and right amount of proteins, but you're having a few drops of CBD, then you, you might as well not bother. You're wasting your money. You want to make yeah. sure that everything else is in order first. Yeah. So it's a potential. Would you would you agree that maybe potential like one percent? Like you're always looking to answer that kind of like extra one percent, especially in in kind of not just general pop, but like kind of elite athletes, aren't you? So make Absolutely. sure you have. I think. Yeah. I think from from what we've we've touched on at certain points here and from my my reading and research so far the one word that i would use is that it shows promise yeah research shows promise in in cbd being beneficial to exercising populations yeah. with that caveat it's not worth the risk yet yeah perfectly i was gonna i was gonna slightly talk about as well because um, you see so many different types of the way it's taken. So I don't know whether you could give us a little bit of more um, kind of advice on that. So you've seen balm, I've seen balms, droplet sprays. I, I, I kind of think we're going to go back to kind of where we start and talk about the same thing in a way. But um, a, any evidence in terms of the way it's taken? Is yes. better in certain ways? Or? I don't want to, I'm not really an expert in, in business and marketing, but... <laughs> Companies are very, very intelligent and they are very, very clever when they are putting product on the market. For some people, it is much more of a desirable um, product if it comes like a little jelly, fizzy, cherry sweet to take rather than a drop under your tongue. It seems much easier to take and for want of a better word, it seems a bit sexier to take like that and having a, a nice logo on a bottle with lots of color on it it's exactly the same as as other supplements like you can either, you can buy my protein protein for 12 quid or you can buy an expensive one in a nice bag for 35 quid yeah, yeah. so companies are very very clever in in how they release their products in terms of actual uptake um in the body I'm not sure exactly at the moment in terms of most appropriate, but for, for my studies, we're going to be taking it sublingually. So a drop under the tongue or a few drops under the tongue, yeah. wait 30 seconds and then swallow. Yeah, I think that was, that was kind of what you said about the gummies and stuff and sweets and stuff like that. Um, you see, again, it is kind of like to be aware of. Like they are companies, they're trying to make money. and Yeah, again, though, like, everybody's metabolism is different so metabolism like how you uptake nutrients and product is different so some people may feel 
like uptake is quicker if they ingest it in a cookie or a sweet perhaps mm-hmm. um, but again I've, I've not seen any research directly comparing ingestion techniques or protocols okay cool so in terms of like the future of cbd so looking ahead now obviously i know what you're doing in terms of your phd and your research like what what if you you're going to look at like a major ball like looking ahead five ten years from now what do you think like could the, the future have found that cbn it's it's kind of maybe difficult to say but do you reckon it'll be something that comes more and more kind of is that yeah. paramount is that the word <laughs> i think based only off the the financial forecasts the the global like economy or cbd economy let's say is probably going to double over the next 10 years yeah so i think there's there's lots and lots and lots of work to be done um that being said, my, my work is quite preliminary. The, it's quite early work, really, in CBD and athletes. Um, there are other groups across the world, that, in, in Australia specifically, that are looking extensively at cannabinoids and CBD, THC, uh, and their effects on, on human health and performance. Um, so I would say, yes, it's going to be a massive, massive research interest, certainly over the next few years. But a quick one that I wanted to touch on as well is that one of my co- colleagues here at John Moores is going to be looking at synthetic CBD, which is basically exactly that, synthetic, but you can isolate that much easier than you can in the, the full spectrum products like I'm investigating. But coming back to that point I made very early on, you will not have that entourage effect there. So yeah. that's something that, that, that our research group here is going to be studying, certainly over the next couple of years at least. So potentially there with the synthetic one, yeah, you might be able to isolate the CBD away from the other 140, I think it was you said, wasn't it? So, but comes back to kind of like that chestnut at the start, does it work alone? So is that kind of like the future of it and everything like that? And then do you, do you think eventually like there'll be like certified certified products and i think i think i i imagine so i think there's there's still a lot of research to be done there's still a lot of work that, that needs to be completed to yeah. to find out anything really yeah, um, yeah. the the research is, is that lacking at the moment i think it's very very easy to to test people for testosterone for example yeah. because it's going to skyrocket unless you're microdosing. It's going to skyrocket at a certain point. Yeah. If you tested at that point, then you're going to get popped. Yeah. Whereas I... CBD is a little bit different. And uh, one of the, the main points on that is that there's research to suggest that your t- the THC in your blood or your urine can actually increase following bouts of exercise or following bouts of restricted energy intake so two two separate studies have looked at those two things and they found that let, let's say you're it, during pre-season a footballer's during pre-season um and they're going through a period of, of a high training load but they're also trying to reduce body mass so they're in a in a in a calorie restriction or they're yeah. in low energy availability let's say on a day where their training load is low, they may test negative. 
The next day, if their training load is high and they get tested after that, they may test positive because um, THC metabolites are stored in adipose tissue. So in fat, and as that is burned or as, or as that is oxidized, you can increase that THC metabolite concentration, which again is something that we're going to be looking at. It's just so blurry, isn't it? Like the whole thing at the moment in terms of, I think you've what we've talked now for about 40 minutes. So, and I, you have lost count of the amount of like depends or variable. You know what I mean? It's that all like that thing, isn't it? So, so um, uh, like I've started writing up bits and bobs of my, of my thesis at the moment, and we've written a few papers. And the word however comes up more than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of howevers, that being said, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, there are a lot and lots of things to consider. You might not be able to answer this, but what do you think, like, again, look into the future, sports, recreational, and just kind of gen pop, where do you think, like, CBD might kind of sit in? Do you reckon it'll be in terms of that recovery, inflammation area, and um, anxiety, you know, just general pop, or is it too hard, too early to say at the moment? It is quite early for me to give a blanket statement on any of that, but what I yeah. would say is there is promise in all three of those areas that you mentioned. There, yeah. is, there is slight evidence here and there. Essentially what I'm saying, what, what most scientists say, more research is required. Yeah, yeah. That's what it comes down to. I probably could have done this podcast for you in, in five yeah. seconds. More research needed. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. I'm, I'm not trying to get an answer out of you. Um, it's more just for just looking as a future like, like you know actual like practical implications like you know how you have like in changing rooms you have like um for example like protein shakes but not, you know what i mean nutrition things in half time i didn't know whether it'd be i don't know it's too early to say isn't it but yeah but like a, a post-match droplet of cvt or something you know what i mean that's a, that's a very good point that you bring up there yeah like you walk into any amateur or semi-pro changing room what will be the first thing you smell DP. Yeah. You'll smell DP or tiger balm or whatever that is. You'll see lads or, or girls rubbing it all over their legs because they perceive that it helps them. Yeah. It's unlikely that it does, but even if that is a placebo effect and it is working, yeah. that's great. Cool. Yeah. You're performing better based only on a placebo. As long as that placebo is having no negative side effects, great. Yeah. But it's not like that for CBD at the moment. Yeah, it's just interesting, isn't it? Like what potentially could be used. And you talk about DP, and it is one of those where, like, right, even if something technically doesn't work, like to that person, if they're not as well informed, they think, "Oh, I'm run my leg with DP, my leg feels better," and they play better, and they forget about an injury. Yeah, does yeah, it work? So that like, works, then, doesn't it? So people put their left sock on before the right sock. They they yeah. seem to think that they'll play better. Yeah, that, great. If that works for you, great. But again, yeah. coming back to that, the, the cherry on top point, you need to make sure everything else is in order first. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say that, Scott. So obviously class kind of like for you to kind of explain everything. I think people can take home a lot of it. <laughs> but kind of like a closing statement. I almost know what your statement's going to be. But um, if someone's going to take something away of like of using CBD, so... I leave this podcast, I look online and go get some CBD or anything like that. What would be your kind of take-home message from all this uh, for so, an athlete and maybe for like just your gen pop? Okay, so if I'm talking to an athlete, 
the yeah. statement I give to an athlete is do not take it at the moment. Yeah. Okay. For general population, if you are intrigued by what CBD might offer you, give it a go. Give it a go. Start at low doses. But importantly, make sure you're buying from a reputable company, a reputable brand who are doing the right things and they're not just trying to flog you a product. Mm -hmm. That would be the, the main take home for me. Yeah. And then just kind of see if you like it or not, really. Just yeah. And I think it's there was sort of a dark cloud over it a few years ago because people associated it with marijuana. But yeah. now people are a little bit more open to trying it. Yeah. I wouldn't advise against trying it, um, but make sure you're reading the labels. Make sure you're not taking any medications that, that can interact with it. Import, that's an important point, actually, is that there is evidence to, to say that it can interact with, with medications that are metabolized in the liver. So if you are taking anything or you have got any issues with your livers, just consider that as well. Um, but top and bottom athletes don't bother general population give it a go at low doses yeah do your research find decent companies give it a go see what yep. happens decent mate i appreciate that um yes. i think that helped massively to be honest where can um i, I was going to ask you the other day where can people find you or kind of find out more about the research you're doing or if they want to find out more about cbd or yourself what where can they kind of look out for yeah, so um, on Twitter, where you'll find mo mostly boring stuff that you're not really interested in, is at Gillum Scott. Um, and on Instagram, which is a little bit more digestible information, you'll find me SG Nutrition double underscore. And what if they were looking to find out some more um, information about kind of CBD, like the research that you guys are doing? Is there anywhere online they can find that? Or um, again, like Twitter is probably the best point because if we release any research i'll be, yeah. I'll be releasing it on twitter probably first and um, we've also released a, a fairly nice readable review where we've to be fair where we cover most of what we we've discussed in this podcast on yeah. uh, the gatorade sports science exchange yeah. so if if anyone just types into google gssi cbd then you, you'll you'll find our recent article there I've got that article, so I will drop it in kind of the link below and when I publish this, whatever I do with it, I'll just kind of like put it in the links below so people can kind of um, read that. But um, appreciate it, mate. Thank you for your time. Um, I've taken a lot from that, so I've learned a lot in the last hour. Um, and I hope kind of everyone else as well. But yeah, I appreciate that, mate. Uh, thank you for your time.